Hello and welcome uh, to a European special of Carl and Ken and City in the Bar. Football from Monocles to Man Buns. Um, of course, I'm a Tottenham fan and my partner Steve Kenton is an Arsenal fan. So what we've got here after those two European Cup finals are two um, stone-cold losers, to be honest. Um, we're going to look at both finals. We are joined by a special guest who's here uh, to add a little bit of balance. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you're listening. Uh, Jeff Saunders. All right, glad to be here. All right, thank you. Um, so, listen, Steve, first of all, mm. um, guys, keep your microphones really close because we're going to get a little bit heated, but it's got to pick up the uh, agitation from your voices. Steve, let's start with the Europa League, which is where you'll be again next season. Um, Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, well, Chelsea, you know, 4-1 winners. Let's talk about the location of the game, the atmosphere of the game before, guys, before we get to the score and the, the quality of the game. Let's talk about... Um, the geography of the game. I mean, both teams, uh, Chelsea and Arsenal, sent half their ticket allocation back simply because the fans couldn't even get to the stadium uh, in Azerbaijan in Baku. To be fair, the other... Oh, good afternoon or good evening, by the way, <laughs> or good morning, wherever you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the other half were uh, looking to send their, send their tickets back as well. Um, the, the problem with the location... Azerbaijan have an absolute right to to host the um, to ho to host the tournament, but Baku, you know, it's the most easterly easterly city in Europe. Um, I'm not so sure it was a particularly wise call having a final like uh, an Arsenal Chelsea final in in the most easterly city in Europe. I do think that now's the time in, in situations like that it might be worth having backup um backup locations. Back who up. Yeah, back who up, exactly. Right, so you think it's I mean it's not fair on obviously Azerbaijan, you know, they are in Europe. Um they've got teams that play in Europe, so mm. every single country or stadium is fair game and allowed to play, but do we think because Azerbaijan is one of the richest oil nations within Europe and Eastern Europe, um is it something to do with money, gentlemen? Oh, it couldn't possibly be, but <laughs> Jeff might have a, a bigger, Jeff, better insight here. Jeff, your wry smile is telling me yes. Oh, it was a hundred percent to do with money, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. You you are absolutely right. They're, you know, Azerbaijan is a member of UEFA. They have a right to ho host um, host this match, but it was nonsense, wasn't it? I mean, t to make make people go. The, the the fact was that the infrastructure in 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 Baku could not accept the number of people that needed to fill the stadium. So how was it ever agreed? The UEFA people go out and they uh, they get lots of uh, an awful lot of expenses paid to them for going to check the site and check the stadium and it's how did it get appointed, you know, how did it get chosen as as the as the venue when it didn't comply with any of their requirements? No, it's um Steve you know, a lot of Arsenal fans spent, you know, 59 hours driving there, all that kind of thing. To see a final that, guys, really um, wasn't, uh, what's the word, let's say, it wasn't fitting of a final after, you know, having started back in August in the in the Europa League to come all that way and then travel all that way. Um, you know, I watched it on TV at home. Um, quite frankly, you know, it's two hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> if you're a Chelsea fan, then I'm sure they'd disagree. Um, I mean, I, I did an article on the uh, publication that I that I right for uh, Taxi Point and um, it was uh, about two Chelsea fans father and son uh, duo that ended up having two plane flights 
two 24-hour train rides and a 245-mile cab ride um, to get to the ground. And, you know, they left happy. You know, I don't. I, they could have played that final in Timbuktu. Chelsea winning the way they did. Uh, you know, you, you, one team was gonna, always going to be leaving happy and the trip would have been worthwhile. If you're an Arsenal fan, it was an absolute disaster. Well, there was one Arsenal fan whose trip was a little bit easier, but I'm sure he still th- uh, felt a bit disappointed. Uh, lives in Georgia, paid a fiver for a taxi over the border. <laughs> um, but apart from him, yeah, long trip, very expensive. Let's move on to the game then. Uh, Jeff, first of all, I'll come to you. Um, the quality of the football and the way in which Chelsea won, or would, would you say the way in which Arsenal lost? I, th- I think on balance it's more Arsenal lost. Chelsea looked, you know, let's say the game looked a more attractive game of football to watch in the second half, and Chelsea were on top. But I think most of that is down to Arsenal. Just they just gave up. They were they were nowhere, and Chelsea didn't look actually very very good. It's just what who were they playing against? Who who were these players? You yeah. know, they played as if they'd just been introduced to each other just before the match. <laughs> you know, and and for what maybe the best Arsenal, second best Arsenal player on the night. Was that that sub who came on who'd been playing for the under twenty ones all season? Yeah, um, let's let's give credit to ex Chelsea player, of course, Peter Cech. Uh, when you lose four one, and in my opinion, your best player is your goalkeeper, which I think he was. It could have been a lot worse, Steve. Yeah, it could have been seven or eight to be totally truthful with you. I mean, Arsenal just completely—it was like watching the, the the British government completely collapsing. I mean, it was just dreadful. As an Arsenal fan, it was dreadful to watch. It was almost comical, though. You ended up kind of laughing. I had to watch. I, I literally watched the game twice after listening to it initially on the radio as well. And um, I just thought, I just can't believe how badly Arsenal played. It was their worst performance of the season by a long way. Mm. Yeah, Jeff. Well, I, I, I mean, something I said to Steve last last week on the the radio show we do that it, it wasn't that Arsenal were bad. They were beyond bad. They were beyond very bad. They were actually embarrassing. It was, yeah. you, you're cringing watching it. It was just, it was that bad. Yeah, I have to say a few of the papers, one in particular, um, they led with the story, uh, the, 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 the first sentence in the article about the game was, this was an embarrassment for UEFA and Arsenal. Um, the, you know, the, at the end of the game, empty stadium, of course, um, four fireworks went off uh, and everybody, you know, had to rush off home. Because um, I mean, it, it started it started on a Thursday and finished on a Friday. Because uh, you know, they finished at after one o'clock in the morning. Thankfully, there wasn't extra time because they'd have all missed their flight home at three o'clock. Um, really, as a game of as a, you know a final and a showpiece, which is you know it's a final as a showpiece, um, and it's all about money and everything. That it, it was very very bad. Um, what's got to change in next season for the teams? Um, let's have a look at, uh, first of all, Arsenal, because obviously Chelsea finished third. Uh, they were in a domestic uh, final, the League Cup, which they lost, and they've won a European final. Not a bad season, first season for Sarri. Um, but for Emery, uh, they ended up with seven more points than they did last the season before. But they've stood still, haven't they, Arsenal, really? Do you know what? I disagree, actually. I, they've had, uh, surprisingly, given how badly they performed in a, certainly the second half of the season, they still managed to make small progress. You know, getting to a fi- they didn't get to a final last season. They've got to a final this season. Um, I suppose technically you could argue they, ca- they came within 45 minutes of winning it. <laughs> it was still new at half time. It was, yeah, true enough. I, I think one other thing you've got to look at is is look at 
actually look at the results that Arsenal got this season and they were they have been significantly better against the top six than they've been for the previous 10 years. So that's the takeaway from that. Yeah. And uh, you know the, the questions therefore are uh, why you're not beating the teams at the bottom by the amount you should be beating them by. And that's going to be down to the, the character and the personality of the players. But the, the coach has put them in a position to win, which is all you can ask of him. It's then down to the players. And I think... I think what we all saw in that final was that some of those players, and Mesut Ozil is the, 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 you know, the, the chief culprit, don't give a stuff. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I, I also think, um, adding on to what Jeff said, I think losing Rob Holding at the, in the first third of the season was a real blow to Arsenal um, because he was probably our, I, I would suggest, our best player. Ironically enough, you know he was he was holding the defence together. Koscielny, it's absolutely nowhere this season. He's been absolutely dreadful, in my opinion. I think it's his worst season he's had at Arsenal. Jeff, you yeah. And nowhere is about where he's going, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. The, your point about holding is, is is well made. He he was very impressive, and he looks as if he'll be a very very good player. But this this is Arsenal. <laughs> They're supposed to be one of the top five or six teams in, in the Premier League, one of the top teams in Europe. And without a player who is a promising upcoming player, they don't have enough depth to, to replace him. No. I mean, that, that is shocking. That is a terrible indictment of the management at Arsenal. Not, not the manager, but the manager. management structure, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, you know, the Emirates is the only um, stadium in London where you can see Europa League football next season um, because Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that know the little story behind that, of course, Tottenham advertised their new stadium is the only place you can see Champions League football, and Arsenal fans said possibly not. Uh, but we did oh make no, it they through. They do have a bottling plant there now uh, as yes. well. <laughs> Very good. Uh, but seriously, what changes? Are, you know, Jeff's pointing out uh, the well, players there, and you know, the management structure not buying the right players. Who have you got to get rid of? Uh, and who have you got to bring in? Or right. what have you well, got to bring in? I know in? that Adu is coming in as a technical director at the start of the season. So he's actually going to miss the transfer window, which is ludicrous. Absolutely stupid. What's the point of having him? Well, exactly. He's not going to be able to do anything until January, uh, by which time, you know, we might well be languishing halfway down the table and out of the Europa League. But assuming we, that doesn't happen... Um, Looking at Arsenal, you've, you've got to look at the uh, the centre-back positions at the moment. OK, holding, fine. Koscielny is going to go. He's, he's said that he wants to go, so he, w he will go. Um, Mustafi, uh, Mustafi's a strange one because when he came to us, when he, when he first made his debut, he actually looked a really decent defender. I think he's a confidence player. I think playing alongside Koscielny has not helped him. I would still, I can't believe I'm saying this, I would give him another season, but alongside Holding and not Koscielny. Um, Mavropanos, I, I, I just don't know. Um, Has Ozil got to go? Uh, uh, yeah, Ozil's gone. I mean, you know, he's gone in all but name. He really is. He's, he's I th you know, he's <laughs> they ought to nickname him Raffles the Gentleman Burglar because he's, he's stealing a living. Well he's, uh, well, he's another one who's a black hole, isn't it? 350 grand a week goes in and nothing comes out. Well, yeah, exactly. That's absolutely spot on. <laughs> You know, I, I, when I when Ozil arrived, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was impressed with him. And don't get me wrong, on his day, he's a very, very good player. Is he world class? No. I mean, I, I've been looking at some of the Arsenal forums, and some some of the fans are saying, oh, you know, we should build a team around Ozil. He's thirty-one years old. You're not going to build a team around him. 
No. You, you're just not. Uh, I, and I've got a sneaking suspicion Lacazette could be off as well. So, uh, not... I mean, let, let's before we move on to the um, Champions League, the big boys final, um, your prediction for Chelsea, both of you guys, your predictions for Chelsea and Arsenal, what are they going to be doing next season? Where, you know, what are they going to be challenging for? More of the Realistically. Same Arsenal. More, I reckon fifth or sixth spot at Arsenal. Possibly, again, Europa League final at best. And for, I, I agree with that. And, and Chelsea, it will all depend on the manager that replaces Sarri. Mm. But apparently, according to the press yesterday, the deal with uh, Hazard and Real Madrid has been agreed at 100 million euros. So he's off. So they've got 100 million euros. They've got Pulisic in as a replacement anyway. They brought him in the, in the, the winter transfer. So it's going to depend on who, who's the manager at Chelsea. Well, let's finish on that then. Is he going to stay or is he going to go? Who's sorry now and all those sort of jokes? He, you know, he's, he's had a decent season, really. You know, you can't, you can't a, fault a, he's, him. He's had a very good season, all things being considered, but I don't think he'll be there next season. Well, listen, uh, we're recording this and this is going to get posted almost you know, immediately. Uh, so when you listen to this, um, it is, what is it, the 4th, 5th, 6th of June today? 6th of June, Thursday the 6th of June. Uh, Nations League uh, football taking place this week. Um, we don't know what's happened to Sari. By the time you listen to this, you might do. Um, let's move on then to the Champions League. Um, Liverpool against Tottenham. Liverpool... Possibly edged it, you know. Let's if we look at it uh, over the ninety minutes, but they did win it uh, two nil. Tottenham, you know, really. I think I said before the game that I was very, very worried, and nobody agreed with me. Very worried that the big stage and the occasion uh, would would mean that Tottenham would look like um, a deer in the headlights. And I think they looked frightened. I think they looked they looked like the, the boys had come to a men's game. And I I, I think Tottenham, the, you know, to use your words, Steve, I think Tottenham bottled it. I think they were overly nervous, and I don't think they got into the rhythm until it was too late. I think the referee was a deer in the headlights in the first minute. Well, let's start with that because that was at the start of the game. Um, a penalty was avo- awarded for handball um, for Liverpool, for which Salah obviously put away. I mean, there's never any doubt about that. Nicely taken penalty, mainly because it went in. Um, putting Liverpool up within 93 seconds, was it? Um, you know, that after that, Tottenham, you know... That, hadn't had a chance to really get into the game. Um, let's talk about that. VAR was there to be used. What was the decision, Jeff? Was it the right decision? Was it the wrong decision? Right. According to the laws of the game, it was completely the wrong decision. The laws are very, very clear, and intent is everything. The hand must move to the ball, and uh, the law says this, that the ball moving to the hand is not an offence, and the position of the hand and the arm is not relevant and the law makes that very very plain what has happened is that the authorities have given referees guidelines on how to interpret intent Uh and they have decided that if the hand is and arm are not beside the body then that that means intent which is just factually incorrect because it's impossible you know you try running around with your arms tied beside you know arms tied to your body um you can't do it it's, it's impossible. You can fall over. And, and according to the, the law, as it is written down, that was not a penalty. That's a fact. It is a fact. It's a, I mean, and, you know, I'm a Tottenham fan. Obviously, I was going to say it's not a penalty, but it almost looked like the ball was deliberately kicked at the arm in order to well, win a penalty. A, a lot of people have made that point, and it, it does look as if it was that. Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's why that thing in the, is put in the law. That it must be hand to ball, not ball to hand. Yeah. And it's written in the laws. 
Now, if the football authority wants to change the laws, mm -hmm. fine, change the law. But don't do it by written instruction and verbal instructions to referees and change the law, you know, through the back door. That's just wrong. So basically Tottenham should not have been 1-0 down after less than whatever it was, two minutes. Um, did they come back from that? You know, th I mean, the, f the first half they weren't really... Well, it, well yeah, I take your point. It, you would think that would spur them on. Yeah. Sorry. Further on. Sorry yeah. for that. But, but, you know, you'd think that would give them some motivation to get back into it. But I couldn't see any. No. They were, they were flat throughout the whole thing. Now, yeah. yeah. Normally, it's Liverpool that are, that are penalised for, for a break. Whenever they've come back from a break in the last five years, they've averaged one point per game fewer. Mm. They're terrible at coming back from a break. And that three-week gap between the end of the season and, and, the, and the final was go always going to hurt them. You'd think, but yeah. You would have thought that that three-week gap would have given Pochettino three weeks to motivate his players. They'd have come out, you know, spitting blood and wanting to kill the opposition. But they were flat all the way yeah. through. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything that Jeff's just said. And it's, um, I mean, Spurs were coming back, uh, coming into the game on the back of one win in six games. So, it was a, you know, the, they were not a team on form by any stretch of the imagination. And Harry Kane starting, Harry another Kane issue. Harry Kane should not have started. Um, and, I, and I think that that was uh, almost like a vanity project. I, I think that Harry Kane started worked against Tottenham. It really did work against Tottenham. Because actually, you know, Mora was doing well. Um, he, they didn't look a bad side, despite the fact that they were, they, you know, they'd lost or they'd, they'd not won in, what, at least four games. And then, as I say, they'd won once in, in six. They and didn't and look a bad side. they lost seven of ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Mora... With hindsight, Mora would have been a better bet starting. Mm. When he came on, because of how he plays, he's, he's very mobile, very quick. Yeah. He he goes and he, he does something. I, I was taught as a lad playing football. You, when you're being marked by centre-backs, you go and you hit them. You, you run up to them and you barge into them deliberately. Get mm. them cross. Get them following you. Mm. Drag them out of, out of the way. And that's what Mora does. That's part yeah. of his game. And he's very, very mobile. Kane... For, for all all the undoubted talents he has, he's not the most mobile, and he's certainly not quick. He, he certainly wasn't fit either, and, and you could see that. I know. And those two two centre backs, um, Matip and oh, Van Dyke, and Van Dyke, yeah, they're big and they're strong. And you know, Van Dyke particularly is, is fast, but he's not quick. And someone buzzing around, you know, mm. at, at a level below him, he's having to look down to find out who who it is. Cause problems, and when Mora came on, he caused problems for them. Hmm. So, with hindsight, it was yeah, that was the bad move. But for Pochettino, he he was damned if he did and damned if he didn't, wasn't he? Hmm. I, I I think it was just the wrong move starting with Kane. I think that uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, being objective here, mm. <laughs> I, I as an Arsenal supporter, I would suggest that. It's pretty much most of the season Spurs have been punching above their weight a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, they they've got they've got a good starting 11. They've got probably got a, a good starting 15 or 16 and then after that they're paper thin. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's thin. move on and talk about well, before we move on and talk about what Spurs need to do next season. I mean, for Liverpool, more of the same I would imagine. Uh, mm. they don't really need to tweak and improve very much that team. Uh, they could they could possibly go on and win the the league next season. Yeah. So 
let's just talk about you know. I mean, Tottenham had a lot of injuries, uh, not just Harry Kane. Uh, they've got a very thin squad. Um, is that going to be the highlight for me as a Spurs fan now? Is is it just going to be back to our looking for top four? What have Tottenham got to do uh, in the close season, and can they do it? They need to buy three players. I'd suggest another midfielder, another striker, and another defender, and another good quality top-notch defender at yeah. that. Who would, who would you suggest? I'm just going to put one out there um, because um, a few players have been uh, let go this season. A uh, couple of strikers that I'm thinking about. You'll know who I mean. Um, who have they got assigned? And whoever it is will be playing second fiddle to, to, to Kane and Son, obviously. But what striker would you fancy? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't say. The, 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 the best, most Tottenham-like striker has just been taken off the market because he just joined Real Madrid, Jovic. Mm. I mean, he was a he was an absolute he was a Tottenham centre forward, you know. But could he play with Kane? Would be would be the issue. M maybe the issue is will Kane will Kane stay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, th th there's a there's a there are a few striker Welbeck's available, for example. Um, who is it? The Liverpool have just let go as well. You know, um, Diva Origi. Well, no, don't, no, 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 no. Oh, we wish. Um, no. And, and there's, there's Carol. You can, you can have Carol. Thanks very much. No. <laughs> um, you know, the Peter Crouch. Um, no, seriously, well, though. One that springs to mind, and, and he keeps mooting that, that he's, is he going to go? Is he going to stay? Is out at, at, I can never pronounce his name. Atanovic? At the West Ham. Atanovic, yes. Atanovic. Yeah. Well, that's fitting quite well at Spurs. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I well, think that that. that that is a plan. Actually, it'd fit well at Arsenal as well. So you, I mean, you would you be happy with him at Arsenal? Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would actually. I'd, I'd take him. Um, you can have Dennis Suarez off of us. Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so look, Tottenham are going to buy three players. Arsenal have got to buy what eight? An, an entire squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are Tottenham going to finish next season? What are they going to be challenging for? Hang on, can I just go back to the three players? Trippier is going to go. Yep. One of Vertonghen or Alderweireld is, is probably going to go. Yep. You probably need three of your back four, yep. to be honest. Danny Rose is... Danny Rose is a question mark, isn't yep. it? Yep. You, you definitely need another midfield player. Yep. Definitely. And another forward. No, so no, yeah. Five, you're, you're talking about for... Tottenham there. Yeah, and, and we're talking just about first team players really here. Well, you know, don't forget all season as Steve says we've been very, very thin in, in on oh, the subs bench. Yeah. I mean that's a very, very thin squad. But you know, they haven't bought anybody for well, since Noah and the Ark, I think. But yeah, long time well two years, isn't it? Yeah, Almost. I'm, um, I'm only going back to Martin Chivers actually, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so to Tottenham, where are they gonna Tottenham what you've we've said where we think Arsenal have finished. Where are Tottenham and Liverpool gonna finish next season? Let's say that they did a Tottenham buy three world-class players. Liverpool maybe tweak their squad a little bit if they have to. I, st I still think they've got a challenge for second or third place. I, I, I can't see them finishing. I think it'll be... Sick. It's good. Tottenham are going to be challenging, I think, for third. Because Liverpool and Manchester City, again, will have had, had the top I, two tied I, up. I, it depends who, who Liverpool bolster their squad with as well. Because don't, don't forget, you know, when you, when you play with the same players season in, season out, it doesn't always work in your favour. 
Yeah, but one one huge advantage that Liverpool have got is um, they've got they will have Naby Keita for a whole season next season. Mm. They only had him for the final third of the season, so that's like for them that's like a new player yeah, coming in. That, that's very true. And you, you've got a you've got a back Klopp. I mean, you know, mm. the, the guy's a genius, and and back him with whatever he does. The top two will be the top two next season, and it'll be Chelsea, Tottenham for third and fourth. Mm. And and the rest, well, you know, I, I think. Europa League again. Well, the, you get down to fifth and sixth, and and maybe the m- the most pertinent question is, w- will any of them drop down into the Everton Cup competition? <laughs> I, I I think I think Wolves could uh, could make inroads, and I think Everton could certainly make inroads as well. To be honest with you, so, so no, I don't just think it's a, a two-three all's race for Europa League. I think. It's more of a five-holes race. So we're looking at more of the same as was this season. It's going to be pretty much the same next season, but between Everton, possibly Wolves, Arsenal, Man United for those other places. Uh, Gentlemen, we've run out of time. Uh, That was the European Cups uh, special. Um, Congratulations to Chelsea and the other team, uh, Liverpool. Um, Deserved winners of both games, of course, uh, in the end, but two pretty average and Dull yeah. finals, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, along with us, they are proving the ugly side of football still exists. Yeah, so thank you to Steve Kenton and to Jeff Saunders. This has been a European Cup special of Carl and Kenners hitting the bar. Uh, we're going to be back with more uh, very, very shortly, uh, more episodes. Do join us. Uh, we do would like to say a big thank you, of course, to all the people that support us, to our bar, to... Um, Stuart Hill, Exclusive Wines, and to 93.6 Global Radio. Join us for another episode of Carl and Kenneth Hitting the Bar very soon.